What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? That's weak. Let's try that again. Because that was awesome, wasn't it? How's everybody doing? Very good, very good. Uh, I'm glad y'all got through the flood of 2014 last night to be able to get here. Because I heard in a couple areas it really was bad, like 85 shut down at Pelham. So that's pretty crazy that there was that much water on the road. But I'm glad everybody's here. Uh, I got a couple things to tell y'all, and then I'm going to introduce what we're doing today, which is a little bit different, but I'm very excited about. So first thing, uh, we played the promo video, if y'all weren't in here, tomorrow night and Tuesday night is not ashamed. It's for kids rising first through fifth graders. I'm telling y'all, it is not vacation Bible school, old school, very boring. This is off the chain, lose your mind. The song we just played and several others except take it up a notch and add glow sticks and lose your mind, all right? And then, uh, so it, if your kid doesn't come, I promise they will regret it because it's going to be so much fun. We're going to have a great time. Most importantly, I want to tell you all this, most importantly, the gospel is going to be clearly presented to your children. And we want them to know Jesus. And we want, listen, here's why we're doing this because, um, and I'll just tell you all this because I'm sure people wonder why we don't do VBS. This is just the truth. VBS has become, and I'm not against any church, but VBS has become kind of like I can drop my kid off and they're going to already know the songs and the worship because it's the same thing at every church. Y'all know this in the upstate if your kids have ever gone there. They all buy the same material. We decided that we'd do something a little different and we want our kids to fall in love with Jesus. Like I, I want my kids to grow up and not say, oh crap, I have to go to church, but oh my gosh, I get to go to church, right? And so we're going to make it so much fun. There are people that would walk in here that would think we're heretics because we're going to lose our minds that crazy. But you know what? I think the Jesus that we serve is worth losing our minds and being excited about. And so I'm really pumped. I think it's going to be so much fun. Um, and our goal is that through this and through what's happening right now with our incredible volunteers and our four kids ministry, that your children and my children fall in love with Jesus and lead our church someday because of how much they love him, and it's not a burden, it's a get-to, not a have-to. So, that's the first thing. Second thing, in uh, a week from Saturday, the 23rd of August, we're going to do VSA Awards Night, uh, and it's not really an awards night, it's more fun. So, I'm, what I mean is that the whole night's not about giving out awards, we're going to do four awards, uh, but it's mainly, if you volunteer in this church, we're going to have a little dance area. And I don't know where, so I'm just pointing over here because it seems like that's where it might be. But where there's going to be a little dance area. The DJ is coming in here to set up. Yes, we are having dancing and a DJ in here. And for everybody that doesn't like dancing, Jesus danced. So we're going to get our jig on that night, and we're going to do our thing. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. So it's going to be fun. We're going to be in here. We're going to eat. It's going to be some amazing eats. Tables will be set up. There's going to be a red carpet. You're going to be able to take pictures with your spouse or your girlfriend or whoever boyfriend, whatever it looks like, and, and we're going to have fun and all that stuff. The main point is to have fun. Now, if you haven't volunteered yet at this church and you're like, I would like to come that night, just walk back to the Next Steps desk right now and you sign up to volunteer and you are welcome to come that night. The food and the dancing and the fun and every, all the fellowship, everything's on us. But you have to be signed up to volunteer. So yes, that is blackmail and I'm perfectly willing to admit it, but uh, we're going to have fun. So anyway, last thing, um, I'm really excited about today. Uh, and I just want to tell y'all about a meeting that happened a couple years ago uh, when we had first started our church. We were talking about equipping. We were meeting in a house, and I had a whiteboard out. And we were talking about this is what we need to do. And someone in the room asked, what does it look like to actually equip somebody? <laughs> and 
I don't know what happened to me, but I swallowed my tongue, and I looked like an absolute moron in front of everybody because the truth is I didn't know. I didn't know the answer to that. I didn't know what it looked like. A couple weeks ago, we did the message, we will equip. And through that, studying that, and leading up to this point, and believing that this series has been one of the great series in the history of our church, not because I'm preaching it, I promise you that's not what I mean. I mean because I believe God is really changing the culture of our church. Part of it is God raising up young people, and I mean adults, but younger adults, to lead the future of our church. Because I'm just going to tell you all this, I just turned 34 years old, and 34 is young, but in 20 years, 34 is 54 And in 30 years, it's time for me to retire. And if we don't build into the back end of the children that are in there and the younger adults, well, then we don't have leaders. And that's what I started looking at saying is, what have I done as the pastor that I'm not asking the staff to do that is equipping? And I began to pray, and God put on my heart just as clear as I'm standing here, Brian. You're supposed to pour into Brian on the speaking side of things, sit down with him, begin to show him what it looks like, I didn't even know if he wanted to, so it kind of made me nervous. We talked, and he was like, dude, that's awesome. I'm in. And so Brian and I worked through this message today. We prepared it out. Brian's giving you all of him today. Brian's awesome, one of my favorite people in the whole world. But y'all know him. He's got a crazy good voice. Uh, I don't know how God gives the little you that big of a voice, but it's, it's incredible. And I've known him. Come on up. I've known Brian since he was a young teenager. He played basketball for me for several years and won me two state championships, so I'm very grateful for my rings at home. But um, but Brian loves Jesus, and the, the biggest thing that I can tell you about him is he's passionate about the gospel. Now, the hardest thing that I could ask some of y'all to do or the thing that you would be most afraid of is if I ask you to come up here and preach, because it is intimidating until you've done it a lot. It's my favorite thing in the world to do now, but when I first did it, you it was tough. But Brian is passionate about it, and I want y'all to know that he's fixing to give you all of himself, and I'm pumped. So today is our culture beginning to show out, and that's why I'm pumped. And he's going to talk to you about week eight of this series, We Will Embrace Change. But this is more than just one sermon coming in, guest speaker. This is not a guest speaker. This is one of us. This is We Are Four Points coming out, and I'm really excited. So because he's one of ours, I want it to be more rowdy and more crazy than if it's not one of ours. And I want you to welcome our boy, Brian Keaton. Thank you. Thank you for the standing O. I appreciate that. It's always awkward standing next to him. Because he's like two of me this way, this way, and up. But he has lost 30 pounds. (laughs) <laughs> All right, this is new to me, like preaching one service and then preaching the next service because I don't have time to get my bearings back. Now I'm all like, blah, and then they're like, do this, do that, blah, blah, whatever. But I want to tell you a little about me, just a little bit. Yes, we play basketball together. He's a very big container, and you'll know what that means here in a minute. But I want to talk about rebellion, distraction, whatever you want to say. I was a preacher's kid. I grew up a preacher's kid, and, of course, some of you in your head right now are like, oh, sinner, like, ew. Like, he did everything because he was a preacher's kid. Well, yeah, but 
it wasn't out of rebellion. Like I, I wasn't like, oh, this will make my dad mad, like so I'm gonna do it. You know, this will make other people mad, so I'm gonna do it. No, it wasn't like that. It was just, hey, it's here, let's give it a whirl. So I never had a drive to do bad. It was just, I didn't even think about it. It was just, all right, give me that. And I really, I really struggled, really struggled. And so you all know that this is coming out of me from here. That's my girlfriend right there. That's my baby doll. So this is hard. She knows. We've talked about it. Sex and lust, the worst thing for me growing up. In high school and everything, I know, yeah, and there was some more, huh, huh. It's awful. Like, the struggle is real. And it, to me, it may be funny, but it's real. Like, it's a problem. It was a distraction. And then, like, at that time, I didn't realize it, you know, because Dad would always say, like, you know, you really find out who you are when you're by yourself. So I tried it. I was like, okay, you're full of crap. I don't believe you. So I'd go by myself, and then I'd just get in the room and just be, like, waiting for Jesus. I'd just be like, so what now? What do I do? And then that's when I realized I'm full of walls and bridges and pride and selfishness. I haven't given him everything. If you give him everything, then you find out who you are when you're by yourself. Does that make sense? Okay. I don't, like, I'm not very good with rhythm, and y'all seem really quiet and really uptight. I'm awake. Say I'm awake. Brian, I promise I'm awake. And I'll at least shake my head. I love you guys. All right, I'm going to just go ahead and do this, because he already said we will embrace change. And this is our eighth four-point stance, and I'm going to talk to you from 2 Kings today. It's about Elisha and how he was, you know, a equipped by Elijah, and he talked about Elijah in a sermon series called Mission Impossible, if anybody was here for that. He talked about Elijah, how he's the greatest prophet ever, and then the person that he was equipping, Elisha, became better than he was, and that's what we're going to talk about today. But this is the four-point stance. I don't know if anybody see it. Can y'all see it? Anyway, I'm going to tell you, so just retain it. We have an endless appetite to grow and learn. As a result, we will consistently add jars to our church in order to prepare for the blessing of God. And I want to dig right into uh, um, something that, you know, we'll, we'll talk about here in a little bit. But the truth about those distractions in my life and distractions that y'all have and problems that y'all have, like I picture things, okay, say there's Pilate, there's Jesus up on the steps. Does everybody know what story I'm talking about? Right before he went, right before he, boom, he gone. Standing up there. Am I at the feet of the stairs crying out? Don't kill him, don't kill him. Pharisee standing beside me, who knew the Bible and knew everything that really we're supposed to know, but there was no relationship. Are we that person? Or are we in the back, like, with the kids playing soccer? Just, just distracted. It's a problem, but it's something we don't notice. Little things. Everything, we constantly have something going through our mind, going through our mind. Is it all laid at the foot of Jesus? At the feet of Jesus. Every bit of it. That's the goal, right? 
That's why we do all this stuff. That's why we learn all this stuff. Yeah. Keep forgetting that I got a screen and I have to look up there. But anyway, I'm talking about jars, talking about containers. Every one of us is a container that is filled with something. And we're going to talk out of 2 Kings uh, chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to that. If you have your phones, the one time it's not a distraction, please pull it up and open this up. Everyone is filled with something. In 2 Kings chapter 4, we talk about Elisha, how he was, you know, the equipee of Elijah. He is in Israel, and he is the king. The Israelites and the Moabites are in battle. And you got Elisha, who is a prophet, and the king asked for Elisha to come with him. And I like to think of this realistically, like if I was there, if I was the king or if I was Elisha, like this is just awkward. This is an awkward situation for Elisha. Because he comes to the king, and because he's a prophet, of course, the king wants to know what's going to happen. So I'm Elisha. The king says, are we going to win? And you go, oh, crap. Like, Ugh. no, you're not. So I got to tell my king at that time that they're going to lose in battle. Does that make sense? Everybody with me? Am I rambling? Yeah. <laughs> but he has to tell his own king and his own people, hey, we're all going to die. This is going to be great. Ugh. So now it's awkward for him. You know, his first coming out party, I guess, as being a prophet, what didn't go so well. So we're going to dig into chapter 4, verse 1, as he's coming back. He's coming back home, and a widow approaches him, a fellow prophet or a friend that would have been at the house, or at the home in the neighborhood, died. And this widow comes to him and says, my husband died, and my kids, and we have no money, and they're going to take everything. And back in that day, if you owed creditors or debt people, they took your kids. I don't have any kids, but I do have a nephew, and I don't want to know the side of me that would do something to hurt somebody else because they took my nephew. Does that make sense? So that was a, it was bad. Like, they're going to take my kids. So that leaves us at verse 1. Now the wife of one of the sons, I got it up here. Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha. So she's talking to Elisha. Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. So he's a good man. He loved Jesus. That's cool. But the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. We'll go to verse 2. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you in this house? So I like to think of Elisha as like a cocky dude. So she asked him, like, oh, I'm freaking out. They're going to get my kids, and I don't know what to do. And so Elisha's like, well, like he knows, like I can do something for you. Like he wants her to ask. Like you know what I'm talking about? Like how you be with your wife. Like, what can I do for you? You know she's going to say something, so you're just like, what can I do? Like, and then she said, and you're like, crap, I don't want to wash this stuff. So, <laughs> I got ADD really bad. So, rabbit trails, like, happen. They just do. They happen. That's what it. See, I don't even know where I am now. Anyway, they're in the house. Elisha says, what do you have that I can use? God consistently uses things in our lives that we don't expect. Does that make sense? She's like, I got, I got some vessels. I got some containers. What could, that, what could that be in our life? You want to look at it that way. Could that be your job? Could that be your friends, your wife, your husband, people that you pour into, people that you love? Does that make sense? 
Sorry, I keep asking that. That's a hitch. <laughs> All right. Your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Verse 3. Then he said, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels and not too few. So she goes out to her neighbors and, okay, so you're at your house and you look outside and this, like, lady's just taking all your stuff, like taking your flower pots. Like, yeah, I don't think it was that way. I think they were buddies. I really need your containers. Can I use them? Like, jars of clay. Like, <laughs> anyway. So that's what is going on. She's not stealing them, they're borrowing, whatever. Then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. Every one of us is filled with something. So she's filling these vessels with oil. Hashtag blessing. <laughs> you like the hashtag? Anyway. Go to verse 5. So she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons, and she has poured, or she has poured, they brought the vessels to her. So as she's pouring, and I like to picture it like this. She's down on the ground. She's got a little thing, like a flower pot, like you would have at your house, and she's got another one down there. She's, like, not looking because she knows it's going to keep coming. She's that confident in the blessing she's getting. So she's just, eh, like, not even looking. And the kids are putting more, and she's like, eh. And she just keeps pouring. She's so confident in the fact that she believes that her blessing is going to be fulfilled because Jesus said it would. Because Elisha is a prophet for her from Jesus. Does that make sense? Elisha is pouring into her as she's pouring into her own blessing. It's deep. It's awesome. God, somebody smile. What verse smile? So she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons, and she poured, they brought the vessels to her. We'll go to verse 6. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And, she, and he said to her, there is not another. Then the oil stopped flowing. This is what we want for our church. We will consistently add jars to our church in order to prepare for the blessing of God. We want people in here. We want to bring people in. We want them to embrace change like we embrace change in our lives. Because as we bring in containers and jars, our blessing we are pouring into and we are equipping more containers and more jars. And they go get containers and they get jars. So when does our blessing end? <laughs> it's not supposed to. That's the point. And I rambled so much in the first service and I'm struggling so right now to just stay on point. Because I have so much to say. We are all containers filled with something. What is consuming you? Who got a TV? Who got an iPod? iPhone. Some kind of phone. When your focus is here, and this makes perfect sense. This is why, like, I always tell people, like, just pay attention. They're like, I don't know what to do. Like, they come to me with their struggles. Like, I don't know what to do. Just pay attention. It's like, just pay attention. You're looking here. You're looking at your TV. You're looking at your friends. You're judging your friends. You, they broke up. Like, what happened? Like you're judging your friends. You're doing all this stuff. Why? Because you, 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 we're so here. We're so right here. And you can't look up. Spend some time on your knees looking up instead of all your time in your phone and your TV. TV's great. The PGA Championship's on today, and I am so excited to go watch the rest of it. Can I get an amen? Something. We can get an amen and a laughter for golf, but we can't get an amen and a laughter for Jesus. Pay attention. Oh, oh. 
That makes sense? We walk every boom, 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 thoughts and thoughts. Just pay attention. I'm off track. I'm off track. Give me seven. Give me seven. She came and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil, and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on the rest. So it leaves it like it's a cliffhanger. And you and your sons can live on the rest. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work you through this problem. I'm going to give you your blessing, and then I'm going to make sure you keep being blessed because you can just keep the rest. What? Then why do we struggle? Why do we have, like, every day we wake up, we don't fall on our knees. Like, why? Because, I don't know. You just pay attention. If we believe what we say we do, like, if I said, who's in here saved? Ready? Don't do it. Who in here is saved? Raise your hand. Everybody raise their hand. It'd be like two people that wouldn't. And then we get out Monday, and it's like, dang, I forget what it means. I forget what it means to be like Jesus. I forgot. I'm, I'm the same way, and it makes me so mad. I'm to the point where literally I get to work, and I could just, bleh, I could go in the bathroom and just be like, okay. Like I have to. I have to. I do sometimes. Just get in there like, all right. Get down like, uh. It's time to act like Jesus. I work at a retail. I work at Play It Again Sports. It's awesome because I get to, you know, talk about sports all day. I love sports. And I see people constantly, new people, different people, uh, uh, uh. And I can say, and I want you to apply this in your own life because this is me. Find somewhere in your life, in your head on Monday where you're like, oh, I could do that. Somebody comes walking in and I could go, dang it. I don't want to see you. Like, I just want to sit here and I watch, I watch golf on the screen. So I want to watch golf while nobody's in the store. Or I could pay attention and understand that I'm a container being filled and I want to pour into somebody else. So I have a choice. Our life is based on choices. You woke up this morning. Why did you come to church? I made a choice to come to church because I couldn't. Or I wouldn't if I didn't have to. We do that, don't we? Everything we do is I'm going to wear jeans. Like, so when we get to the point where everything we do and every thought process we have is filtered through the way that Jesus wants us to live and his plan, then we're getting somewhere. Like our goal is to get to the end of sin, right? That's why we do everything. Our goal is to get to the end of sin where we sin no more. I told him in the first service, and I believe this with all my heart. My grandma didn't die. My grandma was taken. My grandma did not know how to sin anymore. Her head was so pure, and her thought process was so much, so filtered through Jesus that she was like, well, there's no point in you being there anymore. Come on home. Does that make sense? Things happen for a reason. I was like, everybody says that. Well, they do. Pay attention. They do happen for a reason. I was... Me and, me and my friends go, like, we love music. I love rap music. Love rap music. Lecrae, Andy Minio, I just, oh, every bit of it. But I judge people when they listen to other music. So bad. Like, why are you listening to that crap? It just fills your head up with stuff. And it's just like, Brian, why not see if you can get something out of it? Why not? I'm sitting on a chair the other day, and I'm worried about the sermon. I'm cr- not crying, but praying and whatever. If somebody says something in a song, like, pay attention. I'm like, wait a minute. Now how can I apply that to me? And I did. 
You take the good with the bad. You can judge people if you want, but why? You might learn something from them. If you're containing a container, an open container, there's always something to be learned from anybody. Does that make sense? Where am I? I'm low. <laughs> Sorry. But everybody, every one of us is filled with something. And some of us need to experience Christ in a different way. So hopefully, picture this. Down on your knees. Stairs. Jesus at the top. Thorns in his head. Bleeding. Pilate standing here. I don't want I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't to do it. You know, he's standing up there doing that. The Pharisees are right here. Hang him. He's, he's a fake. He's faking. And you know the truth. So are you choosing to be on your knees in front of the stairs, in front of Jesus saying, don't kill him. Don't kill him. Please don't kill him. That's culture change. That's going to change the world. It's going to change everything. If you don't kill him, just listen. Are you that? Or are you in the back with the kids playing soccer? Are you just in the crowd like, I'm hungry? Pay attention. At all times, he died on the cross for you. Every second of every day, he died. We just live in our subconscious. Does that make sense? We live and breathe things that we're unaware and we don't even pay attention to. Like when I was distracted, what was I controlled by? It wasn't, it wasn't Jesus. I, I was totally turned. He was, on, he was here on my right. He was my buddy. How you doing? But I got so much room to make a mistake. So when life change and culture change happened in my life, and when I started embracing change is when I pushed him and moved him in front and made the choice to follow the back of his neck. I don't, I don't deserve the back of his neck. Certainly don't deserve to see his face. But he died. So one day we could. I don't know, I don't know who in here is not, saved and going to see Jesus at some point. But we are all containers and we are all filled with something. What is consuming you? Is it your wife? Is it your husband? Is it your kids? That's about as as it gets, ain't it? That's about all you got. Is it your money? What is consuming you? Is Jesus consuming you? Is he your front? Put him there. And I promise you, promise you, life change happens. Follow the footsteps of a father who cared enough to send his son to die and give you direction and tell you which way to walk and tell you what decisions to make. We just have to get to the point. We are filtered, and our whole life is consumed with Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity, first off, to share my heart with these people. And Lord, thank you for making me and making me realize that I am a container. And thank you for the containers in this room, and thank you for people who want to be a container. God, we love you so much. And I pray that if... If they don't hear anything, anything else, they just hear that everyone is filled with something.
God, we love you. We thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy and your compassion and your example. And we thank you for everything you've done. And in your precious holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. You guys stand and sing with us as we come.